Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Kings cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have location in Stockton and Tracy. We are coming off of a really fun episode, episode number 95, just last week, where Ryan and I came on and did a follow up from our hot episode. 94. We had a good conversation about Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, last week we talked about people projecting success on players when talking about the future and just the state of the Kings in general. It was a fun conversation and if you are looking for that episode or any of our other previous episodes, you can always find those streaming wherever you get your podcasts. Bringing my co today as always, Ryan, what's good? What is going on? We are recording what's tonight? Wednesday night. Uh, Kings are at home right now, it's halftime against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, they're playing Dallas tonight and again on Friday. Uh, they're up, I think they're up 12 right now, I think is what it was. I was uh, turned the volume down and then it's on a commercial break. So um, yeah, playing well, man. Um, you know, the team's, team's finally healthy. Davion Mitchell had a really good first half, so that's encouraging. 12 points in the first half, five for five, hit that three right before the, right before the break. So, uh, um, you know, granted, they're beating up on a Dallas team that, but let's be real. There's, you know, a lot of guys on that roster that probably shouldn't even be in the NBA. <laughs> you know, uh, Isaiah Thomas is playing big minutes for them tonight. Um, I, I think he has yet to make a make a bucket. I've I've seen him cast a couple threes and hasn't been close yet. But uh, good to see him running around in Sacktown. But uh, tonight I'm laying off the beer. Uh, I'm on I'm on the Tito's and Fresca tonight. Uh, lots of ice. Uh, it's really refreshing. Um, so this is our first, uh, you know, pod since uh, since Christmas. Uh, my wife got me this um, craft beer like Advent calendar. You know how they have like the Advent for wine and stuff. I got a craft beer one with uh, you know local local beers uh, breweries uh, from the two hundred nine. So uh, you know, been drinking one of those a night. So it's good stuff, man. I'm excited to be here. Uh, so yeah. So tonight the game, the the Mavericks are missing tons of players. You know, the Kings, I'll say, before we get into this, Ryan, been the, I don't know, man, probably the roughest stretch in a while in Kingsland. But the Kings are going to play the Mavericks tonight at home, right? And they're playing against a really depleted Mavericks team, no Luka, no Tim Hardaway, and others. I still, I still would not, I learned my lesson from the last time, right? I am still would not bet the Kings plus one. I still wasn't going to do it. You know, that that's how much... I've just been burned by the Kings betting them this season. I, I wanted to do because the plus one was tasty. It was plus five earlier on, but then it got to plus one. I still didn't do it. I don't know, man. That's how much faith I have. Little faith I've had in the Kings lately. Yeah, I so I, I bet the Kings to cover in the first half, which they did. I think they got like 
a live bet it. It was like three and a half points or something like that. And so they obviously they covered. Um, and then I just took them to, I took them on the money line uh, in the second half, it, like plus 164 or something like that. So uh, threw down on that. I have the over on Dwight Powell's uh, uh, rebounds tonight. He's at three. I need seven. Uh, so that's going to be a close one. Um, what else? I hit on something else tonight too already. The last week, remember, but, yeah. the last week, the last week's been fucking shitty. You know, it's been really crazy. Obviously, the Kings were missing a lot of players, so like last week's episode was kind of lame. I think we came on during the Clippers game, Ryan. So there haven't been that many games, but um, you know, the Kings went on a three-game skid. I, I really in the in the last ten, if you look at the if you look at it, L's 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 all over the place, um, and then I would say like. This last week has probably been I, Kings fans kind of broke, huh? Like King, yeah. King I, I'll be honest. Like I, I feel it though. Kings fans kind of broke this fi- finally. You know, the Kings have been bad for so long, and there's always this like bit of optimism, or you know, people are at least always excited for the next one, right? Oh, man, I can't wait to watch the next one, and then they win. It's like, all right, cool, yeah, you know, they suck you back in. But I feel like the last, the the, the last couple games, man, in the last couple. I, I would say two weeks have been really rough. Um, and I would say people finally broke. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> you, all right. They should be used to it by now. Okay. Let's, let's, let's be real. Right. We're all Kings fans here. Uh, you should be used to that. Um, you know, at, at, at this point, I don't think I would really break, you know, maybe, maybe crack just a little bit, you know, bend, but don't break. But it, it really did seem that way, man. And, you know, it was a lot of people calling for everybody to be traded except for Halliburton. And, uh, um, you know, the good thing about this going on right now is we're healthy and, you know, teams that we're playing aren't really, you know, so we got uh, Dallas right now and then Dallas again on Friday. We're hoping Luca and Tim Hardaway don't clear protocol. So maybe we can sneak another one and get a nice little three game win streak. Um, and then a tough, tough Miami team on Sunday, but, you know, uh, you know, if, if Sacramento can win, you know, win tonight, win on Friday, you're sitting at, I believe 16 and 21 or 17 and 21. Um, it's in a good position to start the new year. Right. So, um, you know, and, and how the West is, it's not like we're out of it. I would be two games, two games out of the eighth seed or something like that, or three games out of the eighth seed. So, uh, you know, definitely a lot to play for and, um, yeah, it, it's, you know, no reason, no, no reason to break, right? Like the last week, you know, Kings aren't very good already and they lost, you know, Marvin or they like, yeah, Marvin Bagley, Rashawn Holmes and Darren Fox and all Even these Mitchell, guys were out. Darren Davis Mitchell was out. Terrence Davis was out for a minute. So, you know, it is what it is. I, I, I don't think I, uh, you know, too much to, to press the panic button on yet. So, um, like we said, man, we're just trying to make it to that to that trade deadline. That's what, that's really what it is. You break the season into chunks, right? Beginning of the season, then you get to Christmas, and then you assess, right? You know, we limped into the Christmas because of COVID protocols and just you know a string of bad play. But uh, you know, start off the year right. Let's get to the trade deadline. Well, I, I like I, I actually like that you took what I said that direction because one of the things we've always done on the show is looking things in totality and, and try not to be that, that, uh, what do they call it? That prisoners of the moment, you know? And, and I, that's what been one of the things about the Kings since we've been doing in, in doing Kings cast is that fans, they, they get so reactionary and like in those 10 game stretches where it's, that's where you see those sway of opinions. And I guess that's what happens when everything's 
uh, right in front of you. You know, people are just uh, following the, the team so closely that you get inside the moment or you get in a little bit of a stretch. And, and, and a two-week stretch where they don't play well for two weeks or ten games, you know, and they go three of seven or something and they don't look good doing it, that's, that's where people start to form their opinions. And I think one of the things that we've done on the show – is that we just kind of take that for what it is, but then we look at things in totality where what happens is a commonality, I would say, Ryan, amongst people is that they, their opinion now, they've, they form their opinions about Fox. They form their opinions about Buddy Hill or whatever the case, right? And so they, um, now, now those opinions are stuck with them and it's, and these people, um, they, they don't, they don't like v- vary from their takes, um, now, right? They're, they're going to carry the take from the opinion that they formed throughout the season, even though things, you know, don't really, things will change. And, and, and that's thing. If you look at past seasons, um, I, I think that's what has, has happened is that if you remember a couple of years ago where the Kings came out the gate, it was that season that they signed Dwayne Deadman, that, that shitty offseason, right? And, and that, that December was terrible, like absolutely start terrible. Season, start of the season 0 and 5. Yeah, people, and then Fox got hurt and Bagley got hurt like right away, and that and up until December they were terrible. But then once they moved Trevor Reza, once they moved Deadman, you know, and if you remember, then they got like Alex Land, and then they got Kent Bazemore and mm-hmm. Harry Giles. But and, and if you look at it, they finished off the year with a nice little run, and that seems to kind of happen. And so, like you said, I like that you took it that direction because hopefully, you know, it is a long season, December end of December now, January, February into March, you know, it's like, there's still a lot of season left and, and, and hopefully they can stay healthy. And, you know, cause if you do look at the standings and take it in and put it in context, I mean, they're right there. Same amount of wins with the Spurs. Who's at the 10th seed. I mean, they're at the 11th and I mean, they're right there. Like they're literally right in the mix for the playing game. It's literally, it's right there. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, talking about the playing, here's, here's the next stretch for Sacramento. Okay. So I already said, you know, Dallas tonight, Dallas on Friday. Then you got Miami at home. Then you got the Hawks at home on the fifth. These are just home games, by the way. All right. So then you got the Hawks and you got Cleveland. Okay. At home, you can win. Lakers, you can win at home. You play the Rockets twice in January, back-to-back games on a Friday and and Sunday at home. Got to win those. So there's a three-game stretch. January 14th, Rockets. January 16th, Rockets. January 19th, Detroit all at home, got to win all three of those games, right? And then you're at home against Brooklyn, but then you come back and you play Oklahoma City. So there's really a five-game stretch at home right there where you got to win four games, right? So you start looking at this after tonight, if they win, we're sitting at like 16 and 21 or whatever it is, right? You play 500 ball until then, maybe, you know, maybe less than 500 ball, you, you, you know, you win – I don't know, two of five up until that point, and you win those four out of five right there, Sacramento's sitting real nice going into the all-star break in the trade deadline. So, you know, that's you you, st- you talk about, you know, totality of everything. That's a stretch that if Sacramento's healthy, there is a lot of favorable, favorable, favorable games there. So, uh, you know, let's see how it goes. I, I'm, I'm excited, man. You know, a lot, a lot of people been, like you said, it, a lot of people were, were, were breaking and I, I think that was more too is, you know, like it's the holidays, nobody's really working. So I guarantee like people are paying attention more now than ever, right? Like guys aren't going to work in the morning or staying up late watching the games and, um, you know, and, and like we talked about earlier, the COVID protocol. So, Hey, they're healthy, right? Like literally everybody's healthy. 
no excuses and you got a favorable uh, schedule coming up. So uh, I, I really do think there's a lot of things to be excited about going into the new year. Well, there's, there's, there's something if, if you, if you take a look at the Kings, what they've done this far this season, it's like how many different starting lineups have they had and their rotation has been crazy. It's like, they'll go a stretch where Metu's starting and then, and, and, and they started, they did this straight weird stretch where it's like Metu and Terrence Davis are starting a bunch of games, which we were joking about the last out, time. Yeah. yeah. Then there, then there was times where, um, I mean, Alex Lennon started games, Tristan Thompson started games. Um, they've done a, a huge combination of things. I think at some point, which is like about that time now, you kind of know what you have and you know what you're doing. I think the, 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 the big thing is like really right away, De'Aaron Fox and Halliburton playing together was not was not looking good. Halliburton had a, a long stretch of games where he was scoring in the single digits. You know, that seems to be kind of correcting itself a little bit. He starts, I mean, hopefully that gets a little bit. That can only get better, right? Yeah, well, the lineup that, you know, you're talking about starting lineup, I think they figured that out. Right. It's kind of obvious when everybody's healthy and Gentry's been the coach. It's been Holmes, Bagley, Barnes, Halbert, and Fox. I, I think that's the lineup going forward. Uh, you know, it's the second game in a row. I guarantee you that's going to be a starting lineup on Friday. I think they're kind of done uh, experimenting. They, like you said, they Gentry knows what he's got. So um, until the trade deadline and, you know, until roster moves are made, I think that's the starting five going forward. And I think it works out very well, man. It, it's very it's refreshing to see Marvin Bagley in there, you know, like a lot of people go at his flaws and stuff, but um, you know, it looks like in the starting lineup, his role is literally to crash the hell out of the boards. Like that's it. Crash the hell out of the boards and be a hustle guy and get opportune points. And uh, it's nice, man. I, I do like that lineup. It's athletic. Um, you know, I think Halliburton obviously is, is learning his role next to Darren Fox and, um, you know, we, we obviously know Darren Fox's ceiling. So I, I think that, you know, it's probably our optimal lineup at this point. Uh, so going to your point about the lineup, they know what they got and that that's it going forward. Well, it's to be those guys though. I mean, it's pretty much the lineup we really wanted to see from the, if we were kind of saying early on when people were saying about Marvin Bagley, we were saying, you know, bench him, not play him, whatever we yeah. were saying, why not fucking play Start him? him. Yeah, we were, started. We were, yeah, yeah. We, it was like we 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 kind of saw that right away, just because they, they they had such a huge. To me, if you if your team had this huge gap, the gap in the Kings lineup has been the small, really forward position, I guess. Right. So if you have that, why are you stretching that position and starting starting Barnes at the power forward or whatever you you know so to speak yeah, they, when you're already thin at the four and Har- Harkless at the three early on yeah. you're already thin like why'd you stretch that position that thin when you had a guy like Bagley Bagley like you said people like to hate on his deficiencies Bagley rebounds Bagley he he can he's kind of can score in bunches yeah, he because scores. he's a guy who gets second chance points mm-hmm. he hits the occasional three I'm I'm betting I bet the one three on him tonight plus one sixty put that one in he'll hit a three if open you know he's had a couple games he'll go two or three or whatever the case he's not jacking them up like you know like other players I guess he he'll score in bunches he's gonna get his rebounds and he's gonna get in there and and, and as much as people like to talk about statistics and shit, at the end of the day, the objective is to get possessions and put the ball in the fucking basket. So when you have people who can kind of do that, you got to play them, you know, and, and I'm glad to see this lineup rolling out there. I think that there is a lot. I'm, I'm hoping, you know, you like to give a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, I guess sometimes, even though we always fucking say no to the Kings, but, um, 
but you like to believe, I guess, that they've evaluated their roster at this point and they know what they're going to do with it. And they kind of, as far as trade assets, and I, you know, I, I know we hold off. We, you and I talk like on the side about a lot of trade stuff, but we kind of hold off to bring it on the show just because we don't want Kings cast to turn into one of these shows. It's like, oh, what if we do the, this trade machine and every episode's a fucking trade machine? You know what I mean? But yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that there's some pieces there to talk about. I mean, Let's 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 drop in uh, a little bit of a Holmes take because he's something you a guy you and I have always kind of kept our eye on, and I know you brought up this point to me when we were talking like a day or two ago about his health and just kind of what overall he has not looked great this season. You know what I mean? What do you think about him and, and what's going on? Well, he got off to a hot start, right? Played played got off to a real hot start, but uh, you know missed some games, had the eye injury, whatever it was. Um, he hasn't played well the last month, right? Like I would say since Thanksgiving, since him missing games and like even tonight, you know, he's only played 14 minutes, four points, four rebounds. That's it. You know, um, I, I really think with the emergence of Metu and honestly, Damian Jones, man, the athleticism and the rebounding and, and rim protecting that Damian, Damian Jones offers, um, it's starting to, to cut in to Rashawn Holmes's minutes and, you know, especially with Bagley being in the starting line, it's it's obvious, right? Like those guys, it's hard to deny those young guys now, right? Like Metu provides some offense and some shot blocking, and Damian Jones has been a very pleasant surprise. Crashes the hell out of the boards, and he's big as shit. Like you well, look at him in real life, and you're like, you're like, holy shit, dude, he's he's big, dude. He's a lot he, bigger than you thought. He's really big. You know, you know, the time I noticed that is when you and I went to go watch the the Trailblazers game, mm-hmm. and. It was the one where we, you and I bet Yusuf Nurkic to hit eight and a half rebounds for the game, and he hit it in the first quarter. Do you remember that? Yeah, so he, yeah. Nurkic gets the rebound total in the first quarter. He's he's dogging he is dogging the Kings, and they had no answer for him. And they finally threw out Damian Jones, and that was one of those like the first game Damian Jones got run, and it just be and that's one of the things we've always said about Holmes is to the people who are who overly hyped him. It was always like they always cited, well, you know, he can switch at the perimeter. He he can he can guard guys outside in. And we were always like, well, there is something to be said about somebody who's just fucking huge and putting him out there and putting their fucking huge body against another team's fucking huge body. And if you watch Kings games, I mean, you you can be the biggest Holmes lover there is. You can't deny that the Kings have had issues with other teams rebounding against them and really guys producing uh interior with interior scoring that generally don't do that just because there's a lack of size in the middle and i I think i saw stat i'd have to go back don't quote me on this but sacramento has given up like the most points in the league in the paint is that somebody posted that i believe on kings i'm gonna have to go back and check that but i believe that's that's accurate and that's something we've been saying and it's not there's no hate on on rashawn holmes you know we we got him on a good deal good you know great value uh, but at some point his deficiencies were going to come to light, right? Like uh, for all those people who were saying that Holmes is the man and we got to build around him, you know, guys like Chris Laird, right? Like shout out to that guy, but you know, guys like Leo, dude, the, these dudes who have had Rashawn Holmes is back for a long, long time. And, you know, calling us haters, we were just calling it how we saw it, right? Like he has deficiencies and those deficiencies are going to come to light and they have, and especially, Actually, you know, with young guys like Damian Jones and Metu who are cracking the lineup now, they're cracking, sorry, the rotation, you know, like it, it's, 
it's hard to deny them, you know, when they're more athletic than him. And, you know, the Kings don't need scoring. They don't have a problem putting the ball in the bucket. They got a, you know, they got a problem stopping the ball from going in the bucket. Um, so those guys are, are starting to, to make an impact, you know, like you look at tonight, Damian Jones, 14 minutes, you know, four points, five rebounds. Rashawn Holmes, 15 minutes, four points, four rebounds, you know, so, and, and I would argue that, you know, Damian Jones offers more rim protection. So, um, you know, not, not a hate on Rashawn Holmes. He's an important piece and, uh, you know, we like him, but there's guys coming for that. Right. Right. So I, you know, I, I don't want to be that guy, but Hey, we told you so, right. Like, it, well, it's here's to happen. Here's what I'll say to, to cut in. Right. When Holmes is the, the contract talk towards the end of last year, really all of last year, we always said like, this is his peak because he plays 30 minutes basically. And he's the, so like we, I, I said this on last week's show that when you go out there, it's the NBA, like, there's a lot of possessions guys can play. Guys get, are going to get stats. You know, you can get stats on a bad team. Someone's got to get the stats. And I've always felt that was kind of the inflation in Rashawn Holmes' stats is that he, he's being used because he's on a bad team. So like he's getting offense for him because he's on a bad team. He's, he's playing a lot of minutes because he's on a bad team. So I wasn't really ever about giving him a guy a contract based on 30 minutes. And I think when I, I went on Cowbell Kingdom's uh, podcast – like when he got signed and I, I remember I told him this, I said, look at you guys look at Rashawn Holmes statistics and you want to pay him as a 30 minute a game player. But what happens when Rashawn Holmes plays 26 minutes a game or 25 minutes a game, which is really more realistic. Right. And that's 22, what you're 22 is more realistic just to be generous even, and yeah. just call it 25, four minutes less a game. So even just, just, just to be safe on, on the debate. Right. And I said, what's his stat line look like then? And I think that's kind of what you're seeing now is you're seeing, it's not that you're, I don't think you're saying Damian Jones and Metu, you're talking about, Oh, these guys are better. And they're no. going to build around these guys. But I think what you're saying is these guys, he's actually having minutes taken away because the Kings are deeper in the rotation now. And even with those, Tristan, those other guys offer something in, yeah. you know, they offer something better that Rashawn Holmes is deficient at, right? Like the rim protection. Yeah. <laughs> and so even, even Tristan Thompson's on the roster, Alex Len's still mm-hmm. on the roster. So it's like, so, okay. He, his minutes dropped down like from 30 to my generous 25 to your more realistic 22. What's the stat line then? Okay, the stat line's not great. We always said it was going to be like nine, ten points, six, seven boards, which is like okay, cool, you know, good. And so you're not knocking it, but it's like that impact it changes. And then that's where we went into the whole thing about the debate. It's like with that stat line, is it worth a bunch of money? That's why it was never worth the twenty, bro. It's fucking, it's 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 hilarious that it went to that point, you know. Um, twenty million, yeah, that's psycho, dude. It's those insane. guys are looking. Those guys are looking back on that now, and they have to be like fuck that was a bad take i don't think they do you know because what happens is i've on kingsland i've kind of thrown that back out there and i know leo particularly which he's kind of lobbied to come on king's cast around so maybe at some point we got to get him on here but um you know i I, they kind of say well that was my take at the time and they kind of move on like oh i might have been wrong and they kind of move off it and they brush it off but people do People quickly forget their takes. And that's something that happens a lot, right? Is you, over the years, you and I have like gone and died on hills with people for like sometimes months at a time. And then when it co- comes to fruition, fucking crickets. You know what I mean? Yep. And 
I know you told me I can't bring this up on the show anymore, but even just like the bogey thing, you know, how hot that was for a year and how pissed off people were that the Kings did what they do with him. And then you look at him now and it's like Hawks aren't that great again this year. And he's averaging 11 points, but those, those conversations people forget, right? So they, and, and that's what it kind of talks about big in the beginning of the episode is people look everything in a small sample size and not totality. And they don't like to revisit takes over time. Cause, and that's the thing we said, right? People like to, we talked about last week, people project their, they project, success on a player is based on like their idea of them in the moment but then they never like look at it over time they never revisit their take they they just oh fuck it it is what it is pretend it never happened move on oh you guys are crazy for keep bringing this up or oh whatever you were right oh, i've been right a bunch of times like, it, it's like but that's that's kind of what happens when you when you debate sports talk you know a lot of people can get because it's such a fucking long season you can just get off saying some dumb shit in the moment mm-hmm. Right. And then, but where's the receipts at the end of the day? That's, and that's, that's kind of what's, and that's like, like you said, where's the receipts, but like, that's where we come into play. And we're the guys that, you know, we have, you know, we have a lot of takes. We do me and Eric talk every single day, you know, on our commutes home from work, we talk for an hour on the phone every single day and, you know, pod between our podcast and all that stuff. Um, you know, we have other takes, right? Like personal takes that, that, you know, that we talk about, but we really only bring up the takes that we feel very, very strongly about, right? Like the, we, we always say, this is the hill we're going to die on, you know, and, and that's what we bring in. You know, the, a lot of these people, they have this random take after like two games, like you said, and then they go throw it out into the universe. And it's like, yeah, you're too much in the moment. You didn't let that marinate enough and you didn't think about that enough. And all of a sudden, two weeks later, oh shit, I got myself into trouble. And like you said, they try to pass that off and, Oh, I, I've been right a bunch of times. Well, you know, well, that, that's can, why we're very selective. Very, well, we think selective we think our shit through. Out there. That's why yeah. someone commented on episode ninety-four, the Tyrese Halliburton episode we did. Someone commented on me on Twitter after Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, granted, the Kings even fucking lost, and he he had to double double. And and in this person, you know, I he, he I don't think he was malicious on hand, but he was like. He said, "Like, oh, where's the apology episode?" I'm like, "Bro, it's been two. It's been two games. I'm not fucking yeah. apologizing. I didn't make this take to, uh, in in a in this weak vacuum of the season. I made this take on what I think in totality of what I've seen and what I think is best for the Kings. And that's why I said we it, it, to title episode with you, Ryan. It's the hill we're willing to die on. Mm-hmm. And if people listened to that episode." It was a very nuanced take, and I saw you kind of going back and forth in, in the comments with people this last week about that because you cleared it up, right? Someone was saying, well, everybody wants to just tr- – what did they say? I- I'll pull up exactly so you can kind of talk about this, I guess. But I want to say they were telling you, um, you, you know, that uh, – what are they saying? Everybody wants to rag on Tyrese, and they want oh, to just yeah. trade him. You know, and I think you you, you can go ahead and say what no, you what said. No, it, what it was – okay, so there's a couple of these that I – all right, first off, a shout out to Kingsland. Okay, like shout out Kingsland because I I follow the the bench mob, right? I follow, I don't really post in there, but a I post in there twice this week, okay, in bench mob because Kingsland came up twice in there. They literally Kingsland came up twice in bench mob of so this is what this is the take you're talking about was it got back into bench mob that oh Kingsland and the admin in Kingsland just hate on Tyrese, Tyrese Halliburton. And they just, you know, it's a bunch of hate coming over. And I said, you know, my comment to that was, you know, whoa, we don't, we don't hate on Halliburton. We love Halliburton. I think he's a good player, 
we hate on the narrative that, hey, we just need to trade deer and fox. They, 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 why, you know, we, we just have to trade them. Tyrus Halliburton's the future build around tires. And, and I think that's the post that you're talking about. And I came in, I said, that's not what we're talking about at all. You know, it's, it's, we're, we're talking about this narrative that it's one or the other. You know, so I, I think that's the post you're going at. Correct me if I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah, no, you were saying, and, and I think to clear up the take as well, is that right now there's a lot, the position's redundant. That, and that was the part of the take. You have Darren Fox, who's really fucking good. And this is what I talk about, prisoners of the moment, Ryan. I'm going to kind of go off for a second on this one. People, people like to take things in small sample size and act like that's the player in totality. That's, that's what they like to do, right? And that's kind of the, what we're saying here. People forget last year when De'Aaron Fox went off in February, 40 fucking points, like a game, basically. Western Conference player, player of the month, month. Dominic. Oh, I fucking forgot. I guess I got amnesia, and I, don't, I just forgot that. And instead, I'm going to decide, and this is, this is where people are hilarious. I'm going to decide today that in literally the worst stretch of Kings basketball this season, the worst stretch they've had, but Tyrese Halberton had a historic 20 of 10 for like five games with, you know, I'm going to decide that all of a sudden Aaron Fox out with the old in with the new trade Aaron Fox, build a whole team around Tyrese Halberton. Ah, this is the future. That's what we're talking about. It's like, take a step back. Like Aaron Fox has gone off. He's done that too. Like, that's not how you look at it. And our thing was, is, has been like, you have the star player. You got to cater the star player. It's been our theme for like a year. We've said the superstar, the single superstar conundrum that the Kings are going to find themselves in. And realistically, the position is redundant. And so with now packaging, we, we said in that episode, like packaging Halliburton to get an all-star player to pair with Fox is in my opinion, in your opinion, the most ideal scenario if we're talking about scenarios, that's all, you know, and that's been our point. That's been our point. But again, you know, people are just, and that's kind of what you were saying, but people don't like to look at the nuance, right? it's like, we always say like people hype up homes. We are bogey. We, we keep it real. We're fucking haters, but just because we're keeping it in the middle, we, we can't, we can't be critical or keep it real out of guy and also like them at the same time. And I think you, you even more than me, you've told me in, in confidence that I'll bring to the episode. You, you're like, Hey, like if, the, if the Kings could get something like legit for De'Aaron Fox, like I'd entertain that. Right. But like, that's such a stretch because Halberton, you said it to me today. If Tyrese Halberton was on the 76ers with Buddy Hield, I think they'd be, I think he'd do really well. Right. Like mm-hmm. you, you're, you're, I think we both agree that the guy is a starting point guard and could be a really good starting point guard for a team. The Kings don't necessarily need that right now. That's been the debate. That's been the take for a while, right? Yeah. Well, it's more of the Kings don't have the luxury of that right now. Like they need it, but they don't have the luxury. You don't have the luxury. And when push comes to shove, I'm taking De'Aaron Fox, right? No hate on Halliburton. Good player. I love him. I think he's awesome. And you know, what's funny is, you know, I picked up on tonight on the broadcast, uh, Katie and, and Draper were talking about it and, uh, you know, they, and they've been the biggest, you know, supporters of Halliburton, but even tonight you catch Katie Christensen saying, you know, Darren Fox and his sidekick Tyrese Halliburton, right? So like oh. you guys can try to push this narrative all you want that Tyrese is the best player on the team, but the people closest to the team know who the best player really is, right? Like the people who are there covering the team every single night who are on the court standing next to them, right? So it's, you know, people could press, you know, you could push whatever narrative you want, but when push comes to shove, I guarantee you every single person involved with that organization 
takes De'Aaron Fox all day. And that's well, not a slight on, it's not a slight on Halliburton. It's just, you know, his skill set and, you know, the Kings current situation of the roster, they don't have the luxury, I believe, to have a Tyrese Halliburton on their team. As much as I'd want him to, they could benefit more from another position. And it's, you know, people, oh, you're a hater. It's not hate. It's just keeping it real, dude. You know, well, I think, and, you know, go ahead, and go ahead. I was going to say people, to the contrary to you, though, their thing is they, and this is the division right now, they think that Halliburton at point guard and trading Fox is what's best for the Kings. You know, that's that's what, that's the oppositional take. So it's completely opposite. But that's where we, we saw this coming into the year, though, right? And we were like, Dude, like, well, you have the guy, you have to cater to the better player. It's not like he's old either. Yeah, if he were 24, <laughs> yeah, if he were, if you like 28, yeah. people try to compare it to Monte Ellis and 20, Steph Curry. Just, yeah, he just turned 24 the other day. You know, and you know what people don't take into account? Okay, the one thing that people don't take into account when they talk about trading deer and Fox and trading is cap, right? Like, that's that was been that's been a big thing for us about, you know, you know, if you could package. Halliburton and Buddy Heald and make that money match to just an example to bring back a guy like Jalen Brown, right? Like it's easier to match that type of money instead of trading, you know, Fox straight up for Jalen, you know, whatever it is, right? Like you can get more value out of Halliburton and Buddy Heald because of the contract situation, I believe. So that has definitely played a role in it. Well, I think if it goes, I think, okay, like to not to get two in the weeds with, with trade talk, but if um, if it were to be like a Jalen Brown or somebody like a star player like that, I think star for star equates. But it's it's when people start talking about other types of trades like the Sabonis, which I don't think I would want to trade Halliburton for Sabonis. Not uh, just to throw it in there. I don't know. You, think. I don't think I would either. Yeah. So like, it's, let's it's just... redu- that's that's redundant again, right? You're trading one redundant position for another redundant yeah. position. So nevertheless, though, it's it's like I think like when you go get a. Uh, maybe not a smart player that the contracts do do add up someone in Kingsland uh, this week with, you know, it's because of stuff stuff starting to f- uh, um, float out there. Right. And it's um, it, 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 people are saying that whole, like all oh, homes and this, now the most valuable pieces. And I think people forget about that with cap. So as we start getting into trade talk, remember the cap, because I, I made the point of like Holmes is a terrible throw in player in a package trade deal. Terrible. And the reason, because he has 10 million guaranteed over the next, well, count this year, four years. A team doesn't want a guy at that age stuck with ten million thereafter. That's the problem with signing the guy like who's, that. You who's sign probably him. who's probably not going to start on their team. Yeah, so that's that's off. That's why you know to all the buddy haters, uh, you know, I I hate to I hate to break it to everybody, right? But the best to to build around Aaron Fox, the best trade package really is Buddy's de-escalating, which I don't know where it's at now. We'll call it like nineteen million. Halliburton's like four or five million. Brings us to like 24, 25. You know, you throw it if you had to, you throw in a Bagley. His is falling off the end of the year potentially in a first round. That, that, that you can get to 30 million very easily with that, with the first round pick, with de escalating contracts, breaking up. You know, we'll do another episode on this, but that's really how trades are made in the NBA. You know, people don't want a shit ton of cap going back. And that's why Halliburton's valuable now because it's such a minimal, it's a minimal thing. That's why I really do think the Halliburton Buddy Healed combination. Is and if they if it's for a, a quality player that good, the first round pick on top of it is the best. Now that's really where our take comes from. I think though we should clarify. Right? I'm not again. I've always said I'm not in the business of trading players just to fucking trade them. 
right? So it's like, yep. th- we should say, like, the only reason we're like, yeah, Halliburton is because I, I believe that there's a real deal out there for a real deal player. I'm not going to just fucking trade him to trade him like people talk about with Buddy Hield. I'm not going to fucking do that. And I'm going to throw this in there, too, about the Buddy Hield haters, just because I'm on a ranting about this, because people are starting to make the takes again. Don't forget the haul the Kings almost got back from the Lakers had it not been for their 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 eyes on the prize on the on the fucking forbidden fruit that is Russell Westbrook and they thought they were going to go that direction you know what I mean but really that was a haul so if you think Buddy Hill is not a tradable asset like you you don't know what the fuck you're talking about so I, that's why I think it's going to get interesting man I think that you know I know we don't want to get too deep on this yet but but Barnes uh, Buddy in a package you know either of them in a package with the Halliburton first round pick you have expiring you have a 10 million expiring in Tristan Thompson okay you have Terrence Davis on a minimal deal as well I don't know if it's expiring off the top of my head you have a lot of movable assets you can match contracts that's the valuable pieces and that's why like now is the time with to get the player with enough with Fox and if not then they they need to figure something out and 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 I guess they'll just continue to roll with Fox and Halbert and just kind of see if that can kind of mesh but I, I I'm gonna bet I'm gonna bet like we've said, I'm going to bet that long-term that that only takes the ball away from your best player and, and holds him back. And that's always where we've been coming from with that take. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, Buddy. So I, I brought up Buddy's contract details. So after this year, let's see here. All right, so Buddy's making $22 million this year, $20 million next year, and $18 million the following year. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. <laughs> oh, for sure. That well, is, especially that is very reasonable. And then he's an unrestricted free agent at 31 years old. Yeah, well, you especially know, when so was like, it Luke Kennard is getting what he get 18 million or 20 million or something? He got like, like, yeah, it was like a four year 80 million deal or yeah. five year 80 million or something. Yeah, dude, look so what like, Duncan Robinson like, just got paid. Like you guys, yeah, are, you talk about in the landscape of the yeah landscape of the NBA shooting, you know, shooters like that volume and you know three point shooters. Um, you know, as much as people don't want to admit it and, you know, they think, oh, Sacramento, you know, whatever, it's very reasonable. It really is, you know, and then you look at, like you said, Halliburton, um, I believe Halliburton's getting paid like four, it's like four five, and a half, five million or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you know, you're, you're looking at bringing back, a, you know, it, it, hypothetically, I know we don't want to talk about this, but it's going that way. If you were. We're to throw in your pick, Halliburton and Buddy Heald. You can hypothetically get back pretty much any player on the trade market right now. That's, that's, that, that that team wants to move. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I, I believe. Move. I believe hypothetically anybody who's been you know involved in rumors, you know, like your your Ben Simmons, your Jalen Brown, your you know Demontis Sabonis, Miles Turner's guys. Those assets right there brings that back. I, I really do believe that. You know, we don't know what Sacramento has talked about with Ben Simmons and all that stuff, but I have a hard time believing that, you know, Philadelphia and, you know, if, if Sacramento was to call them today and say, hey, we're going to offer you Buddy Heald, Halliburton in our pick. And probably they, maybe maybe even Marvin Bagley, too, because to get to his money, yeah, like whatever, you know, like I, I have a hard time believing that Philadelphia says no to that. So just to keep things into perspective trade wise, Sacramento is sitting in a very good spot to move assets and to bring back guys who are already paid and keep them on contract. So, yeah, uh, you know, as much as people want to hate on Buddy's contract, it's very reasonable. It really Dude, is. Pe- it, 
good teams would good teams would take oh, that thing. But people, and I, people I, are crazy, dude. People and crazy. I think going back understand. that if if the Lakers could do it all over again, they would have pulled that. Oh, one hundred percent. And and you know we, what though, we would have we would have Contavious Caldwell Pope, Kyle Kuzma, and Montrose Harrell on our roster right now. Yeah, one hundred percent. If they can and, go back in time. And as much as we've been about Buddy and and kind of spoke to his, you know, his him and defended him, I guess that trade when it went down, you and I were disappointed. We were because we were like, fuck, yeah. that was the hall. That was that it. was that, that was, was the it. young that was the young forward to come in. That was the that was the bench player, uh, you know, big guy in, in Harold who who's gonna go out there and you know, people yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not big on this shit, but they talk about culture and shit. Like that's a guy who's gonna come in come in there and, and be a dog. And then, you know, Davis called it, it, he, well, he's it, just it, kind it, of it fixes it fixes deficiencies, dude. Kyle Kuzma plays defense. Like that's an, you know, Contavious Caldwell Pope plays defense. And what do they both do? They shoot the fucking three. Yeah. You know, and then on top of it, you have a guy who's one year removed from the sixth man of the year. Like, you know, Sacramento, I, I guarantee you, Monty McNair's just like, fuck, how did how did they pull out on? I, I guarantee you, he he even regrets it. You I know, think that go, there's you go back you go back a few months, dude, and both sides are like, fuck, we should have made this happen. Well, I, I think they want to make it. I think they got they got fucking bamboozled. And I, I would say like there are two moves out there that are like the biggest, like f- not including the Luca pick, which we won't talk about that on this podcast, but the two real moves that didn't happen that could have really changed the Kings course. That was when the Kings made that offer for Zach Levine. Zach Levine. Yeah. And 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 then they the the Bulls matched. And then this one. I mean, really, had that trade happen, where the Kings are deep. They have a, I mean, what could have been, you know what I mean? And so I, I guess there's, there's always as as negative as we can be as Kings Lane can be. And it's how dark it can be as a fan. You're all, you're always one fucking crazy move like that away from changing. And like you said, if, if the Kings are able to pull something like that, that's why it's even when they fired Gentry it was like, dude, Hey, no, it, you're never going to get better Walton, from finding your Walton. fire Walton rather. I was like, your team's never really going to get better from finding your coach. But like you look at, the, we've said, you look at where the standings are. It's they're right there. And like one little move away, you know, and that's what we talked about to open the episode a couple years ago, they traded Deadman, They got Baysmore and Lynn. They traded Ariza. Like all of a sudden, you know, they, they played a lot better. They were back in the mix. You know what I mean? Well, speaking of these idiots, they're down 75, 72, right? now uh start of the fourth so yeah uh, we'll, you know. <laughs> we'll see but yeah it, it, yeah <laughs> we'll see how it, how it wraps up i mean people uh people like are already know the end of this game but you know i mean it's it they they, they just need to, they need to get in there and they need to win they need to play some games I, I i don't know man i i like the tone of today's episode though i i think it a lot a lot of reason to come in here and i like that we took the approach of not being prisoners of the moment taking that step back into totality. I think that's a good approach right now. Not that, you know, we're saying it's going to change or anything. Right. But it, it is like, you gotta, you gotta kind of put things in context. And, and the, the, this, I would say for me, the takes that have been coming out the last two weeks have been, have come from that people freaking the fuck out, you know? And I think that it, you know, there's more to it than that. Right. Oh Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking just just to follow. I, I'm pretty much I got nothing else to say. So I'm gonna follow up on this real quick. You know, looking at this Lakers right now. So they lost to Memphis tonight, 104-99. They, I mean, 
Russell Westbrook played 40 minutes, you know, 16, 12 and 10 shot seven for 16 from the field, two for four from three played very well, right? Like that's good shot was efficient triple double tonight. LeBron James, 38 minutes, 13 for 25, eight for 14. He made eight threes, 37, 13 and seven. After that, I mean, Malik Monk playing 31 minutes, 15 points. There's nobody on this roster. You're telling me that, you know, Buddy Hield on the, oh man, the Lakers have to be kicking themselves, dude. Fuck them. First off, fuck the Lakers, right? So, but you know, they're just sitting over there like, God damn it, we're 17 and 19 and we could really use a Buddy Hield right now. The, the, um, someone made a really good post in Kingsland. I, I want to, I, I didn't have it up. So sorry for the no credit here, but they, 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 they kind of highlighted about LeBron James and, and since he's come back, He's he's been on a quite a bit of a tear statistically. He's been killing it, yeah. And, Thirty and something I, a game, yeah. And someone kind of put that in context, and they said, you know, look at this is LeBron James's stat line right now, and this is what it's been this season. Like, if LeBron James's team, if he's not moving the needle without support, I don't know why you could expect a Tyrese Halliburton to do it, or why you could expect a De'Aaron Fox to do it. You know, and I like I like that take because it did it did take everybody out of. Um, uh, uh, away from away from the moment and out of the out of the king scenario to kind of open up their eyes a little bit and i think that people and we always said people don't watch nba basketball man and i think if people watch nba basketball they they'd have um maybe, maybe more more context to their takes like that um, look at, so. look at uh, speaking of that real quick look at the last 10 for lebron okay 29.7 points per game 1.7 steals one and a half blocks seven assists nine rebounds you know, shooting 55% from the field. And these guys are in the midst of like a <laughs> holy shit. You know, one, two, three, four, five, six. They're in the midst of a uh, one in seven, <laughs> you know, record right now. So that's a good point. You know, if LeBron putting up those statistical numbers, he's putting a better than his career average numbers right now. And they are, you know, one in six in their last yeah. seven. So uh, that's that's a very good point. I like that take. Yeah, context for sure. So, hey, uh, Ryan, we uh, got a couple things working on Kings Cast, man. So I'm, I, I think by the next couple episodes, we'll be able to announce some of the things that were in the works. Um, and I'm really looking forward to, to that. So, you know, guys, we do appreciate you listening in. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, um, you know, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find Ryan and I on Twitter and Facebook at Kings Cast Eric and the Kings Cast Ryan. Um, and then join our group Kingsland, get on there, chat with us. Um, if you ever want to support Kings Cast as we're growing, please slide down. If you're on Apple Podcasts after the show and leave us a five-star review, um, it really does help us get out there to more Kings fans just like you. We will read any of those on the show. So if you want a shout-out, you can definitely you know, do that there. So um, with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Thanks. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.